Hello everyone, this is Mirko Guerrini and I welcome you to the Jazz Transcription Clinic, a monthly interviews podcast where we talk with accomplished jazz doctors about their lives, career and their personal secrets on the art of transcribing. If you want to improve at jazz, stay tuned and follow the Jazz Transcription Clinic on the socials for more content. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is being recorded. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be here today. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Jazz Transcription Clinic Live. And uh, today I will present a track called Come Here and Say That, uh, composed by the great Australian pianist and performer Paul Grabowski. Now, Paul Grabowski will be the guest of the next uh, podcast interview, which will be released soon on the 1st of December. And he will talk, of course, about his process to transcribe, what kind of uh, methodology he uses, and all great suggestions and tips for you uh, to understand why transcribing is such a great activity that you can do. And after I ask him, what solo could I try to transcribe of yours? And he suggested this track. Now, I know this track very well because in, in the recording that um, I have used to transcribe the track, I'm part of the band. So the, the band is uh, our trio called Torio with uh, Paul Nico Schäuble playing drums and myself playing saxophone. And the album was recorded in Rome a few years ago, part of an international tour that we did together. And I remember when Paul presented this piece to us, I immediately fell in love. Uh, so this is more like, I think at this piece, more like uh, as a pop song. But of course, because it's Paul writing the music, is not just a very simple pop song, but it's a, uh, it's a very original chord progression combined with a nice and catchy melody. And in his solo, uh, which is here, as you can see, uh, he is able to deliver, you know, the same kind of feeling, a contrasting harmony, which is quite modern. Uh, uh, like, even if you look at the first few chords, you know, we go from A major, which you might think that is the tonal center. Uh, but then in the second bar, we go to F minor, A flat sus into A minor. So as you can see, it's more uh, harmonic use of some colors and different uh, key centers. And But everything has a natural flow and sometimes it's quite difficult to play on those uh, sort of chord progression because you, you might have the temptation of playing chord by chord because you don't see a direct link. There are not many 2-5-1 or perfect cadences uh, that you can rely on. So you have to find a horizontal way to navigate 
through those chords that makes sense and doesn't deliver a too vertical sound. Now, vertical sound is when we play like uh, arpeggios or where we outline too much the chord tones and we lose the flow of the melody. Uh, there is a part here where actually the, the harmony relaxes uh, a little bit and becomes, there is like an aperture, uh, which is here, exactly here on this C major. I feel when I play this song that there is like a, a, a sun ray that is coming in, into the room. And another thing I would like to highlight here is that uh, because the tempo is, is slow, um, I had to use a lot of compromise. Remember, when you transcribe ballads, rhythm becomes a real issue. You remember my past transcription of Michael Brecker, The Cost of Living. Uh, in this case, I had to use a lot of compromise because Paul has the ability of using the tempo in an expressive way. So he likes to do micro movements in his rhythm. And so I decided to simplify it. Like I can play a few examples, but for example, this bar where you can see there are uh, some semi-quavers uh, lines. Uh, if I play the track from here, you can hear that I had to compromise because if I want to write exactly what Paul played, it becomes unreadable and not as clear as if I write it in this way. So if I play from here, for example, I like this where you can hear that is almost da do 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 da do 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 da do do da which is what is written but if you listen to it again you can hear those micro movement do 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 da which is not really equal semiquavers And, and I love it, I love it, is is the use of the rhythm and the flow of ideas and the melodic contour that when played in, in this way, it adds so much more to the uh, music content. Uh, and, I, and now another thing that I can point out is that uh, Paul has this great ability of motivic development. So he takes one small, a motif. A motif is usually a small idea, a melodic cell, and he's able to do a lot of it. Like even the beginning of the solo, the opening statement, is already one small idea that he keeps carrying on. And, you know, it's, it's so clear and all makes sense when you hear it, when you uh, see it written down, but you know how hard it is to play like that, to use something very simple and make the most out of it. 
And guys, another thing I can point out, the second chord is really a major over C sharp. So we have a first inversion of a triad and he's playing clearly A minor here. Uh, so what's going on there? Nothing. It's just that he loved to do that and I think it sounds great. We don't feel anything wrong. And that goes with the statement that especially in jazz music, you know, you can never uh, play wrong note. And, and then he, he transitions naturally into this fi, uh, F minor chord. So the C natural played here over the A major in the bar before becomes the fifth of F minor. And I think this is a, a great trick, you know, to bend the harmony and to anticipate the song, uh, the sound of a, of a chord that is uh, not happened yet. And, and then you see a triad arpeggiated here, da da da. And then the next chord is A flat sus, and he plays uh, a similar idea, so an arpeggio going down, and he plays 9 flat 7 and sharp 11. Now, of course, a good point here for all of us is that when we transcribe, we have the opportunity to analyze, but this is not what the artist thinks. I'm pretty sure, I didn't ask, but I'm pretty sure that if I ask Paul, were you thinking, now I'm playing the ninth, now I'm playing the flat seven and the uh, sharp 11, is not with him. He just thinks melodically. Every, you know, uh, jazz artist uh, thinks like that. Right? So it's developing a little idea. And again, again, another triad, descending triad. So you can see that you can dissect a solo and go to the core of the idea. So in the first bar is and in the second bar is just a descending triad. And then it goes to beautiful A minor chord. And again, guys, this is this is what happens here. This interval here from G to F natural, right? Is is exactly what happens for the next three bars. And even more. Again, other two times, right? And beautifully placed on the harmony. And also the usage of the range. You know, you can see that from this phrase, he starts on a low B 
and reaches a top A flat here at the top to go back to an E. So it's like having a rubber band and you stretch it and you can't keep the tension forever. You have to release it. Uh, there are great examples of Miles playing one line going up and then maybe sometimes it takes uh, a short time or a long time but eventually he will go back from where he started. So this is what happens here and I love it. that goes across all those chords and remember here there is the C major I was talking about the sun ray coming and you know all makes sense uh, G7 flat 13 and he also thinks the sharp 9 but probably he already thinks the chord the next chord which is A flat major and plays here over A flat and then goes to C major with this enclosure to the high G so starts on F sharp A and then resolving and landing on the G and then A minor arpeggio descending and again he is starting from uh, B flat here and uh, going back to a G so go more or less back to where he started hmm? with this beautiful Another thing that I just noticed is the use of the 11s. Hmm? There are so many 11s everywhere. Like on D flat 7, look, there is a G natural. On G7, there is a C sharp, which is a sharp 11, right? And here there are a lot of E here on B minor. And here there is the D flat. On C major starts on the sharp 11, A minor there is the D, and D7 there is G sharp, which is again the sharp 11, and on F major sharp 11, B natural. So here you go guys, we have learned that Paul loves the sound of the sharp 11 over a major triad or a dominant chord, and surely he can take the most out of it.
right? And yeah, again, you know, the, this little motif, do da do da do do do. So on the sharp nine, the F natural over D7, and on the seventh, and then on G minor sixth, he uses the same motif on the minor third and the sixth, the major sixth. So he uses a little idea, simple idea, do da do da, on the uh, most juicy notes that you have on that chord. So here is another lesson. Sometimes you don't need to have a like a super smart idea. You can use something really simple and if you use it on the right place, on the right notes, uh, which can make and uh, that chord sounding great and that line sounding great, you don't need anything else. You simply use that. And then the last thing I would like to outline is that here, from from here, which is preparing the ending with this beautiful long line that again, you know, goes up to then going down and reach the same point where he started, uh, listen to the use of dynamics. He plays a beautiful sudden crescendo and Nico, who is playing the drums, is responding immediately. So creating this last moment of tension, like a, a, a sudden surprise that is coming. And preparing the exit. And the rhythm. And the solo finishes with four full crotchets on E, F, G, C over a C chord. So how simple is that? But also how beautiful is that? Mm? To use simplicity, but being able to deliver so much expression. All right, so I now play the whole solo for you so you can enjoy as much as I did. And uh, I'll talk a little bit after.
tenor saxophone solo played by me that I might leave to someone else to transcribe. Uh, I just noticed that I should have added the C-sharp at the very end of, of Paul's solo because the first chord of the structure is A major and so uh, he finishes there actually to resolve on the major third. Um, but, you know, I just heard it now. Um, so that's all. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did doing this work. And as usual, you know, subscribe to my podcast or to my YouTube channel or to both of them if you really enjoy what I'm doing. And leave a comment if you think I can improve on anything. And in the podcast description, and video, you will find all the information you need to follow me and follow the great musicians that I'm working on. Uh, so thank you for watching and listening, and I'll see you or hear you next time. Thank you. Bye.